Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? I don't want to die wondering. I want to die experiencing and creating a legacy for other people because I believed in myself and I backed myself and I definitely did not sit in a shit pit. My gorgeous friend and superstar connector Tori Archbold returns on the pod today and you are in for a treat. Tori is the founder of Powerful Steps, a business that empowers female leaders to find their ultimate power through a heart-led approach and the power of strategic storytelling. She founded Torstar, one of Australia's most recognised brand communications agencies, at age 24, partnering with some of the world's most influential celebrities, entrepreneurs and CEOs, delivering extraordinary results for local and international brands. But you may recall from my first interview with Tori that despite all her incredible success, she has had some really tumultuous times in life and overcome some life-changing obstacles to get where she is today. Tori is a huge believer in the power of owning your own story, and she's just released an incredible book, Self-Belief is Your Superpower, which I've really enjoyed digging into. Tori's mission is to share her story of survival, resilience and success and to inspire others to embrace their authenticity and genuine care for others. This resonates every time you talk to this beautiful woman. This girl speaks my language and I've been looking forward to sitting down with her again to pick her brain on all that wonderful knowledge. Tori, what an absolute delight it is to have you back in the studio. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Mish, and especially kicking off season five for the One Question podcast. <laughs> how good. You were on, I think, season two, so um, how nice is it that we've come all this way and uh, people are still loving these conversations, so it's so fabulous to have you back. And you've had a lot happening in the time that we've been apart, and we're going to talk a bit more that, about that today, but Let's kick in. If there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Self-belief. It's it's such an easy topic because, you know, we're all born with an innate ability to tap into what's inside of us. And I feel that we don't use these resources, which are absolutely free to us. And so I wrote a book about it, Self-Belief is Your Superpower, because I discovered it at a young age. But really, you can tap into it at any age and propel forward in business and life. For those that are seeing online, I've got my book in front of me here. They're a gorgeous uh, hot pink colour, which is just bright and beautiful like you, Tor. So I've read your book and I have lots of stuff that I want to kind of tackle into here and, you know, dig a bit deep on. You know, you talk about self-belief is your superpower. And the saying that you always say every time is that a happy heart is a magnet for miracles. Can you tell me where that saying came from? And like that is basically your daily mantra, isn't it? It is. And, you know, it actually came from the surgeon who saved my life. So a decade ago, 2013, 
well, just over a decade ago now, I had a near-death experience. So like many, you know, high-profile female leaders, and I know that you will relate to this as well, I was burnt out. I was doing, you know, crazy hours. I was the ultimate people pleaser. I was completely last on the list. And I was due on a flight to London. And unfortunately, my body just did not want me to go. My appendix unexpectedly burst. I ended up being rushed to hospital, operated on at 2 a.m. in the morning. And I contracted septicemia, which is blood poisoning, and I didn't realise how dangerous that was at the time. And the surgeon that was treating me, you know, he basically saved my life. And after 12 rounds of antibiotics to try and get rid of this blood poisoning, he just sat me down, held my hand, looked at me straight in the eyes, and he said, you're not going to get better until you understand to be happy. And you actually understand the power of what happiness means? And I said, no, I don't, because I recognised I was unhappy in so many different avenues of my life because I was last on the list. So even though to the outside world it looked like I was a successful entrepreneur, on the inside I was broken. And he just said to me, he wrote on a piece of paper, a happy heart is a magnet for miracles. He said, this is the mantra that you are now going to live by. Whatever it is that you need to remove from your life, don't be afraid to do it, whether it's people, family, clients, strip everything back and create space for what lights you up. And it's such a powerful, powerful mantra because I now teach it in you know the Powerful Steps programs and when I go out and speak to other people because that mantra, it literally, it changed my life. And just to really dive a bit deeper on how powerful it is, when I saw my life coach in Kamalaya, who's a Buddhist monk, when I was writing my book and he said to me, Tori, how are you? And I remember just talking to him about what was going on with other people in my life, aka family and business and all the rest of it. And he looked at me and he said, but how are you? He said, I don't want to know about anyone else. How are you? And I said, I'm actually okay. And he said, I want you to realign your energies again because they're going to be a big few years ahead of you. And I want you to remember what makes you happy. And that was around the 10-year anniversary of my near-death experience. And so it was two people. It was that surgeon that saved my life and the Buddhist monk who's taught me so many incredible frameworks to live my best life that reminded me that really the key to freedom the key to success in business, success in relationships, and just, you know, personal gratification really all boils down to happiness. Yeah. Is it the same Buddhist monk that taught you about the marinade in shit roll? Actually, a separate one. <laughs> I'll just uh, give an explanation. So marinade in shit roll, they once told you that you could pretend your problem was literally a pile of shit. You have three choices when viewing your problem. You can marinate in it for 45 years, 45 minutes or 45 seconds. It's so resonated to And I think, you know, you know me well enough to know that I'm an optimist. You know, I've had a lot of shit happen to me in life, but I don't dwell on stuff and I think I get agitated and I think probably as I'm getting older, maybe a crankier older woman, I lose patience with people that do marinate in that stuff and I'm like, you can change your life. You know, you're an amazing testament of that. You can make things happen differently but a lot of it is an attitude shift. So tell me about how that came about with that Buddhist monk and how you apply that to your life and how I guess you help others to understand that concept because I need some coaching of how I can help others. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think the biggest thing blocking us from success is actually ourselves. And I think that when we're faced with a challenge, whether it's in business or personally, we think that there's such a massive mountain to climb, but actually the key to it all is not actually sniffing the shit. 
It's actually having that mindset shift so that when you view that challenge, you know, you don't want to waste 45 years of your life with what ifs and, you know, all of these different scenarios running through your head. In fact, you don't even want to waste 45 minutes. I mean, you and I are now in our 50s and I don't have 45 minutes to dwell on an issue, but I do have 45 seconds and that split second of saying to myself, okay, I've got two choices. And if I'm wrong, that's actually okay. All I'm doing is leveling up and learning a different way to experience that challenge. And challenges should always be viewed as possibilities. So who wants to actually sniff shit? Now, I was a single mum for 12 years, so obviously I had to sniff a lot of it when my daughter was young. <laughs> but I choose not to do it now. I choose to look at the challenge and just go, it's not about what if. It's what's the lesson that I'm going to learn? Because you sit on a lot of boards, you're learning lessons all the time. If you don't learn lessons, you wouldn't be in those positions because you wouldn't be able to provide solutions. So really, if you are solution driven and you want to live a really fulfilled life and not die wondering, why didn't I jump off that cliff? Or, you know, for me, I was claustrophobic for many years, never hopped in a helicopter. And, you know, I turned 50 and I said to my husband, I'm getting in the helicopter. And I hopped in and I thought, I've wasted 50 years of my life not experiencing things. And so now I've got this whole list of what 2024 20, is going to look like for me. And it's doing things I've never done before, but I'm doing it in a way that I'm fearless because I live and die by that 45 second rule. And I don't want to die wondering. I, wa I want to die experiencing and creating a legacy for other people because I believed in myself and I backed myself and I definitely did not sit in a shit pit. <laughs> I love it. Well, the other thing in that sort of line that stood out to me as well that you say is step outside your comfort zone in order to find your power zone. And that really resonated. I thought it's just so simple but so clever. And that's what you're about. It's all about stepping into your power, helping people to really own their stories. And, you know, thinking back to when we caught up on the show a couple of years ago, so much has changed for you. And I, I'm curious, Tora, about what learnings have you had around, you know, helping people find, you know, step into their power and helping them, you know, really bring those stories. And some of them are, you know, I've had a lot of your members and clients on my show as well that you've, you've introduced them to me. Some amazing stories how do you reflect on that? What's your kind of take of thinking back over those last couple of years? I know when we spoke last time, it was all about owning your story to own your power. And I created a five-point story framework for all of these women to really understand the power of their story. And I think the key learning for me was I need to lead by example. I need to show up fully, authentically in my power, aligned to my values of passion, integrity, and delivery. And I need to lead the way for others to show that, you don't need to be afraid of who you are. You don't need to be afraid of your story. You don't need to be afraid of whatever's happened behind the scenes because you are one of millions of people that have experienced the same thing. And so the power of our stories is actually a real equaliser. And it's not until we step out of our comfort zone into our power zone by actually taking ownership of who we are that we actually understand the power of paying forward our knowledge. So when you ask like, what has been the greatest gift, the greatest growth for me in the last two years, it is creating and establishing a community of like-minded women who understand that they are here to create a legacy for other people and that their experiences and the life lessons that they've been through actually do count. 
and they count towards the future generation. They count towards the teams that they lead. They count towards the growth that they're able to achieve. And most importantly, you know, the women that have listened, because I do actually use that first podcast interview that we did together in the framework as an example of, you know, how you frame your story, how you show up. And the women that actually tap into the power of that chat between the two of us and then actually use the framework and go through our programs, they're getting extraordinary results. I mean, we've got women who were leaving corporate jobs and thought, I'm never going to get a six-figure salary again. And within three months of sharing the power of their story, they're doing six figures. And they're like, Tori, how is this even possible? And I say, it's possible because you actually took a step back from life. You became present with yourself. You owned who you were and you showed up. And, you know, you don't need to be afraid of things. And I want to give one example of a woman in our community. She is a very high profile woman. And unfortunately, with a change of government, she lost a job that was promoted publicly before she had even stepped into it and begun, which was a massive blow to, I guess, her dreams and her passion. But when you broke it down, it was an ego hit. And she didn't know how to show up. She didn't know how to own that loss. And I do these three-hour strategy sessions with women, and I love it because I do an hour on Zoom around the story, and then I meet them in person. And with the hour on Zoom, we really now, like, what is that story? And I get them to go away and write it. And I look at the framework and I say, there are so many gifts of what you have created as a leader or what you have created with your team that you can share with other people. But there are also so many challenges that you don't actually recognize other people experience as well. What if we frame that in a way that allowed you to show up on LinkedIn, which has the biggest algorithm in the world that can recreate, reposition you as a brand that nails your brand SEO when people Google you either for a job or whether you're starting your own business or whatever so that people actually say yes. So we did this. Then I said to her, the Buddhist monk always told me, journal, you need to find your happy heart. So she went away at Christmas, she journaled. She did her first post the other day. She texts me and she goes, I can't believe I've done it. Within three hours, there were 497 likes, over 100 comments, and she owned who she was. And she said to me, Tori, I feel liberated. And I said, this is the birth of your new business. You think it's B2B, but actually it's consumer-based as well. The world is out there ready for you to step up in all your glory and create and deliver impact in the category that you know is going to change the way future generations act, behave and think. And you know what? It's because she was brave enough to own it. And she said to me, I don't know whether I should put this in my story. It's ugly. It's terrible. And I said to her, I am a complete vault. I will never share what you write in that document, but I will help you reframe your thinking. I will help you reframe the way you show up so that when you do post, you're posting with purpose and you're actually attracting those opportunities that you deserve. So I guess in a nutshell, what's changed is I'm getting all of these incredible women in in these powerful, powerful roles who just like you and I were confused about how to show up. And then they'd show up and they'd go, why was I confused? And I'm like, exactly. 
Yeah. You know, some of the stuff we've talked about, obviously, we've both had massive sort of career changes and, you know, being through different corporate jobs and also our own businesses and I guess redefining and recreating ourselves. And I just wonder, you know, listening to you talk about that and the whole topic about self-belief, I mean, one part that you have to go through some pretty bad shit to you know, have an interesting story. I mean, and most of us think our story is not interesting until someone starts to pull the thread and you're like, oh, yeah, I just thought everyone goes through that, you know. And then the other part I'm wondering about is it's almost like when you get to an age and stage in life, like I just find a lot of mates, you know, now are just like enough, like I don't care anymore. You know, I've hit my kind of 40s or into my 50s and 60s and they're like, I'm not going to hide anymore and I'm not going to shy away from who I am and I'm going to do absolutely what the heck I want to do. Do you see some patterns in that sort of regard or is that not how it kind of works? No, no, there's definitely a pattern and I feel that there is a lot of power coming from us when we actually take the time to be present and I feel the more we take the time to just understand who we are, the more we're comfortable with sharing who we are, the more we recognise that, you know, you don't need to turn up in a fabulous outfit, you know, with hair and makeup on and the best shoes at the party. You just need to show up as yourself. And I think women are claiming their power more because they're seeing other women step forward. They're seeing other women step forward and say, this is me and I'm not afraid to share who I am. So I feel that there's definitely a movement that's being created where you're absolutely right, where it's we don't want to be in our own way anymore. And we're saying these are the best years of our life. What do we want them to look like? And what is that legacy piece that we want to leave? Mm, it's really important for people to kind of really think about that. And I think you're you're right on the be present with yourself. And sometimes that's hard. <laughs> it's really, And especially if you're not feeling good about yourself, And I think that's probably something I want to dig a little bit, like your book is around the self-belief is your superpower. I know you've gone through, you know, lots of kind of roller coaster stuff in life. Have you always had self-belief or if not, like how did you find that or reconnect with that yourself? I've always trusted my intuition, which is a form of self-belief. And a lot of people listening are going to say, well, how do I tap into my intuition? How do I get that self-belief? And I think it comes down to rituals. And I think it comes down to a commitment as to how you want to show up each day. And so self-belief, you know, as we talked about before, is becoming present, understanding the power of who you are. So I just want to share with everyone, and I do write about it in the book as well, that this, you know, Buddhist monk from many years ago who told me not to marinate in my own shit also gave me this advice. He said, Tori, you need to learn to have a moment to yourself every day and you need to learn how to meditate. And of course, I'm like, I'm too busy to meditate. And I still am too busy to meditate, Mish, I have to tell you. Like, I don't have 45 minutes in my day to meditate. But what I do have, like everyone listening to this podcast, is time to have a shower and self-care in the morning, which I actually translate into my morning ritual to understand the power of myself, to understand how to see the runway, what I'm meant to be doing and how I'm meant to be showing up each day. And I call it the morning shower ritual. And literally I get three drops of lavender oil. I inhale and exhale deeply, put it on my decollage, and I just ground myself to Mother Earth. And it's really liberating because I've been doing this for over a decade now, And I am literally given a runway and a sequence of who I meant to speak to, who I meant to connect with, how I meant to show up. And then I repeat the process at nighttime, but I actually do it with gratitude. So what was I actually really happy for 
today? What am I grateful for? What are the opportunities that have come into my life that I just want to be thankful for? And so when you do this core exercise in the morning, you start believing in the possibilities and you know that the possibilities are going to translate into opportunities. But when you do it in the evening and you end it with gratitude, it leaves a really good energetic connection with your soul out into the universe. And so it allows you to take that moment and be present for who you are now but also tap into who you want to become. So when we talk about self-belief being our superpower, it's really tapping into that free resource of what does your body want to tell you? What does your body want to step into? Do people find some of this stuff woo-woo? Do they kind of challenge you a bit and go, yeah, Tor, that's great, the universe, but I don't believe in that. I mean, I do believe in it and I am a spiritual being. So, But I'm just curious about, I mean, I know some of my listeners <laughs> give me messages and they're like, bloody woo-woo stuff, you know. How do you tackle that with people? It's really interesting because the framework that I teach can be woo-woo or it can be non-woo-woo. It's however you want to see it. So when I'm framing it with the morning shower ritual, you don't have to be spiritual to do that. I'm not saying, oh, speak to your angels. I'm saying speak to yourself. So when we go in and speak to corporates and we do a lot of corporate workshops and a lot of keynotes with corporates, I'm using the proven frameworks that I've used for many, many years to tap into things. But what I find is that the women that can see that spirituality in me, that can see how I can tap into my intuition are always the ones that don't come forward at the time, but message me afterwards and say, I want to learn more. So even when I created this business, I never said that I was intuitive, but ironically, I attract global leaders that are. And I think that, you know, moving into that next paradigm, it's the leaders that are more in touch with themselves, more in touch with their intuition that create and deliver the most impact. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's just a different level. And I think when people challenge me on that, you know, because I've done a lot of spiritual work, but I'm also a very pragmatic, scientific, mathematical thinker. And I think I'm, I'm absolutely the meld, I guess, of my parents. My dad was an engineer. My mum was artistic. And so I've had to do the work and challenge it and break it down and, and find what works for me. But I think you're spot on. I think the more we are connected with ourselves and deeply listen and also do the work, you know, I say to people like, they, you know, they carry on about stuff and, oh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, because you haven't done the work yet. You just blow it off because you don't want to go deep, you're too scared. That is challenging. I mean, I can imagine, you know, the stuff that you had to go through to overcome some of the adversity that you had in life. Like, it's tough and it's traumatic to go through it again, but, you know, sometimes you've got to pass through it and if you don't deal with it, you're never going to get through the other side, right? That's exactly right. And I do want to circle back as well for your spirituality versus leadership. I mean, you sit on an extraordinary amount of boards. You're an exceptional leader. But what we want to remind the listeners are is you got there because you know how to provide solutions and deliver, right? That's the reason why you're sitting there. So it doesn't necessarily matter what you believe in. It also matters what your track record is. So if you're a leader listening to this and going, well, I've got the track record, but why aren't I getting the opportunities that Michelle and Tori are getting? Well, the missing point is you don't believe in yourself and you're probably operating from ego, not heart. 
And I think that so many people now, when they elevate in business in corporate Australia, the ones that do really well are the ones that lead with empathy and compassion because, like you say, they've been through the trauma, they've had the success and survival, and they're able to see the runway because they've experienced it. Mm. It's interesting because I read some stuff on the weekend about having a duty of care and having a duty of caring, I guess, was the kind of differential. You know, in boards and, you know, big corporates, we have this duty of care to staff and a lot of it's legal. You know, you've got to tick the boxes, regulation, but actually a duty of caring means, to your point about, you know, not leading with your head, you're leading with your heart. You know, yes, this might be the right thing to do, but actually fundamentally, how does that impact your staff and what is, you know, what can we do to be better organisations to make our people better humans, not just better staff? And I think that's kind of been a, a mantra of mine all my life. But on the thread, the last kind of point I wanted to really pull on for you around the book that you talked about was culling your tribe. And this is something that I did a few years ago. It was one of my second interviews, I think, on the podcast five years ago, was around, you know, sort of removing toxic people from your life. And I'm really curious how you've tackled this or how you kind of coach people to tackle this as well. You say, stay close to people who want more for you, not more from you. And I thought, beautiful point, Tor, like great way to kind of really capture that. But talk to me a little bit more about that. Look, I'll give the example of when I turned 50 last year. And, you know, obviously I have a PR background. I love a good party. I'm socialising with people all the time. And there was this expectation around who's going to be at this party? What is she going to create? And I did the absolute opposite. I said to my husband, I just want 12 women that have been on the journey throughout the decades of life. Doesn't matter where they are in the world. I'm going to invite them and I'm going to explain and showcase to everyone why they are in my tribe. Like what is the golden thread? Why have we been friends for such a long time? And these incredible women flew in from all around the world. And it was because of the magic of alignment. There was no fakeness around that table. There was nothing. There was just love and abundance and happiness. And that's the way I lead my life now. I don't need to have a photo with someone because, look, she's connected with her. And you and I both know we're all connected to some extraordinary people around the world. But I don't need someone to flash a photo up with me and go, hey, I was there. I don't need a photo to showcase who's in my tribe. <laughs> my, my tribe is there because they've got my back. I've got their back. I'm so happy when they have success. I'm so there for them when they hit those lows in life. I mean, culling your tribe is really all about aligning people to your, not only your destiny, but where you are right now in life. And sometimes people come and go in your life for a reason and there are lessons to be learned. But I always say to our community every year, I'm not going to lose five kilos, but what I am going to lose is five people that don't believe in a mutual exchange of energy because I'm not going to be surrounded by takers. I am surrounded by people that believe that they're in my life because it's a mutual exchange of energy. And if you are able to surround yourself, whether it's family, friends, mentors, team, that understand that philosophy, that's where the magic comes from. It doesn't come from just giving, giving, giving and not receiving. And that took me a long, long time to understand the power of that because I was an absolute people pleaser. And, you know, I was afraid to get rid of those people from my life. But actually, it was the best thing that I did because I created space for people that 
were able to create magic with me and be in my life for a really long time and that they weren't just there for the good times, they were there forever. Fantastic. Tori, what a beautiful way to bring this conversation to uh, a close. I could talk to you for hours on end, but we've given a little bit of an insight into so many great pearls of wisdom in your book, Self-Believe is Your Superpower. It's been wonderful to have you on the show again. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mish. And I look forward to having you on Powerful Stories podcast again soon too, because everyone is like, how does this lady keep nailing all of these board roles? So we want to get the insights. <laughs> Great topic. We should get on that for sure. Thanks, Dor. See you soon. You're welcome. Lots of love, honey. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favor? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com. Hold up. 